Dave and Giggles on Radio Free Brooklyn.
Dave and Giggles, we got a special guest, Charlie Winton, on our show today. We're gonna we're gonna talk about music. We're gonna talk about books. We're gonna talk about life, travel, all this sort of things. And uh, I'm excited because I feel like we're in the zone. I think we, we should we should probably address the thing that everyone's talking about. How do we feel about Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> you really want to know? I do actually, Charlie. Yeah. I would love to hear your opinion. Oh. We are we are with Charlie. So Charlie, thank you for joining us. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, that, that was bad, super bad form. You, you know, you come to the show, you know what the program is. You, 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 you get paid, you know, whatever, 15 million bucks a picture, or I know maybe he made less on this one, but, you know, hell, uh, to get teased a little bit, okay, it's his wife, and I guess she had this hair condition that he may or may not have known about, but, you know, if you got a beef, uh, you don't have to do it in front of, you know, whatever it is. Right. right. And, no, you know, you definitely don't. It's a G.I. Jane joke. Right. Whatever. Exactly. I mean, if I you know. can't if you're at that level, you know, and you can't take a, a, a like a an A level comedian razzing you a little bit. I think we got a little bit of a problem. Exactly. So exactly. That's my take. And, you know, it is it, it you know, the whole uh, the, the weirdness of, of of, you know, he's at this moment where, you know, he's probably been thinking about his whole career where he's gonna yeah. win the Academy Award. And it's like, well, then you, whatever, yeah. wound a little too tight. Right. Yeah. Seems like a little little sour, like a sour yeah. note to it's like, a a, what yeah. could have been sort of a nice, you know. Right. Well, to I follow mean, it up with that speech, it was like all about love and like, you know. Yeah, it, then that was like, you know, sort of over completely, uh, you know, ridiculous in terms of uh, trying to alibi. I mean, we've all been in situations where we fuck up and then, oh, let me let me spin it this way as like I'm protecting my family and it's about love. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the Academy Awards show is is a is a kind of a shit show anyway. But yeah, of course, that was honestly, it was really boring up until that moment. Yeah, no, exactly. And then the, the whole choice they made on on various things, um, you know, from I mean the you know, okay, let's take the 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 Godfather, you know, theme music which is iconic and yeah. won the Academy Award, and let's let's take that off and put Big Boy on there because that's gonna do that's what. Right. <laughs> but also, like I, I, they also were like talking before about like cutting things, like they cut like a whole bunch, like the editors. Um, yeah, well, editing isn't very important in filmmaking. No, you know? it's not at all. And, and then you replace it with like a tribute to white men can't jump. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're doing now. You know, I have really been bizarre. thinking about that movie so much over the last year. Yeah, I know. And then to see, you know, like Wesley Snipes and, and all of what they're be, uh, talking about how high they are. It's like, right, that's, exactly. That's exactly. But I do exactly. think, do you think that Will Smith lost like any, you know, credibility or like will he did you lose respect for him or is it like a one-off thing we'll get past this is, is do you think personally I, you know, I don't know I you know I it's not like I was thinking a lot about Will Smith before he showed up you know I, I liked the movie I thought he did a nice job um you know uh, who who knows the Hollywood? Uh, you, you, you know, I was tangentially a film major in in, in school, and so we my my wife was a strip supervisor, so we have some uh, you know some connectivity with yeah. that 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 uh, 
industry art and uh you know it's hard it's that's just a game so uh, who knows what I, I i'm sure he'll get punished a little bit yeah i mean the first the first uh the first sort of domino to fall will be what will the academy do with him here in the next two weeks and then you know when chris rock decides to you know incorporate that into his act yeah it will get another perspective yeah. um but also i want to I mean, say i'm sure uh, he'll i'm sure he's doing okay he'll probably just totally you know go go silent for a year yeah. and the then the thing is, you know, is that both of them will make a lot of money off of this right exactly <laughs> you know exactly. <laughs> he'll have the comeback tour the i'm sorry tour yep, you know exactly like everybody does you know yeah exactly i also want to say uh kudos to your wife the unsung hero of script su uh, supervisor that's a it's a, a tough job and uh and it's very unsung so yeah, no, exactly. It's funny. It, 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 that's that's exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, she had an interesting career. Once once we, uh, she was in Los Angeles. She she did work with Roger Corman and New New World Pictures in the late seventies, and then uh, Melvin Simon. And then uh, when we got married, and uh, uh, she moved up here to Berkeley and did you know uh, work on a Tom Waits film, but mostly mostly commercial work up here which, you know, worked better for our family. Nice. Yeah. I do want to talk about um, the, like a, a transition. So you worked in publishing for, for many years. years. Yeah, 40 years, and then transitioned into making music. Well, you know, I always made music. In fact, you know, on the, depending on, you know, I don't know how much time you spent with the album, but. I, I listened to the whole thing. The, Great. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, this was not an intentional thing because, you know, my, my whole move here was is, is super organic in terms of uh, how I'm, you know, this isn't a career move per se, I, you know, or not a career move. I, I, I you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm retired, but it was always a passion and it was always something I did. But on the album, in fact, um, Wild in the Streets, and Sad Song Singing, Wild and Streets was written in 83 and Sad Song Singing was written in 84. So those songs are almost 40 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, you know, so that's sort of, uh, I started playing music in 75 uh, and started writing probably, you know, a, a few years later, you know, not, you know, and, and, and my guitar player, I'm a, I'm a rhythm guitar player. I'm not, you know, any super duper guitar player. I, I mean, I think I have a, uh, you know, I, I can do it, but um, songwriting was always kind of the basis of of where you know Bob Dylan, uh, you know, or the you know obviously then you you, you go back to the sixties people, but yeah. uh, you know Stones, Beatles, um, the Deadhead, Lou Reed. I love Lou Reed. You know, in, in terms of slightly more contemporary, but big big influence. Right, like you uh, mentioned, the Grateful Dead, like. Jerry could have been as flashy as he ever wanted to be and play the longest solo in the world, but if he didn't have the songs, it wouldn't. Well, have worked. no, exactly. Exactly. To me, the the, the in, sort of the incredible popularity uh, or or you know ongoing uh, pertinence uh, of the Grateful Dead now with with Dead and Company um, to, it, is the songbook. You know that 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 whole thing doesn't work without Garcia Hunter's songbook and. Uh, no one's um, showing up to see John Mayer play some dead, but maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But 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 it, but what makes the thing work is the, is is the songs, and uh, you know the other big influence on me in terms of uh, 
um, is Tom Petty, I think, in terms of just a, 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 an approach to songwriting that, you know, some of his, uh, of his songs are, are, are super simple. I mean, yeah. there's many rock and roll songs that are really simple, but, but Petty has, um, you know, a way of uh, stating things, but also just the chord patterns are really... Yeah. Very simple, but like yeah. so effective. A lot of them don't, you know, like free falling, learning to fly. There's not even a chorus. It's just yeah. a circular just chord a, pattern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, also, Tom Petty, National Treasure, still too soon, you know, like the yeah. fact that he's God, still too soon. Yeah, no, he, he, he was uh, in, in some way, I was talking to a friend of mine who was doing the uh, liner notes. On, they're going to release the, uh, I don't know if you, you the Fillmore shows, he, you know, in, in, I think it was in the sort of mid late 90s, he, he just did a residency at the Fillmore. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know that. And was there for about three weeks and, you know, played his standard stuff, but also did a lot of covers. And the family is releasing it as a kind of a, uh, you know, a box set of, of you know, taking the archive and, and working it. And, and uh, Joel uh, Selvin is my buddy, is, is uh, writing the liner notes. And he was like, is it possible that he's still underrated? <laughs> I, I think there's, yeah, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. And the band, too. I mean, yeah, they're all amazing. The band all, is, is fucking amazing. National treasures. They're national treasures. Uh, we, we, we had uh, Joel on uh, a few months ago. So Okay, yeah. Our, he, uh, mutual friend. A, he's a character. He is. He was a great guy. What's going on over there, Mike? You, you, I'm just, I, I, I just wanted, I was, I was about, that was, I was in my notes, I was going to talk about Joel being on the show. Uh, I, I do want to talk, this is kind of like a broad question, but like you've had, you know, a 40 years in the publishing industry, you've always been a musician, you kind of, and you released this, you feel like this, like this body of work, how was it to like, look at your sort of life's work and like put your, like your story into, into music. And then you're just like putting it into an album, which I got to say, it's set for an April 8th release. The album is called The Soul and the Shadow. Uh, our special guest today is Charlie Winton. We're hanging out with him. And, uh, but yeah, the question is just kind of like, how do you, you pick and you, you, you take all these, this, these years of experience and these, these stories and you put them into just to an album? Well, okay, that's a, that's a great question. Um, Thank you, thank you. I, mean, I, I didn't know where I was going there for a minute and then I just had to, had to pull it back. You know, the, the path I got on, it was actually really Joel. Um, you know, I'd met Scott uh, about 10 years ago, just in a high, how do you do? But then it was, you know, as Joel and I were working, actually, I was the editor on the Hollywood Eden book, which I think was the book that you guys had yeah. on your show. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so, you know, I was saying, you know, Joel, I've got these songs and, you know, I've been, I've been doing this and I would really like to kind of, uh, explore building them out. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I've been, when I essentially sold Counterpoint, which was my last publishing uh, operation in 2016, I knew I was going to, you know, focus in on music, and and that was a that was a you know a positive thing. I didn't know where it was going to go, but I was just going to have a lot of time to to do it, and um, and I started these. Um, I'm going to give sort of a long-winded answer here, if that's okay. Just go for it. all the time in the world. Yeah, set it up for you. <laughs> so basically. Um, I connected with an old, old, an old friend and we started playing and I, I was, was going, he lives down in Monterey and we were going to have like a weekend where we were just playing. And I sent him about, you know, 15 songs, you know, uh, rock and roll stuff, Dylan, Lou Reed, just simple stuff that I could, you know, I can sing these, you know, that I know these are the songs I can sing. You learn the chords 
and we'll we'll get there. And and then Barbara, my wife, plays the piano, so we would have a little, you know, kind of a, a hoot nanny for the whole weekend and and have a party and do that. And so uh, we started off doing that, and then the first night he, he was like, "Well, you well, last time we we hooked up, you played me this song that you wrote, and let's do let's do that one." And that that was Soul in the Shadow, actually, and. Um, uh, you know, so then that was cool. And he said, well, so do you have any others? And, you know, so I started kind of unpacking and I never really played my songs with, with people um, other than, than, you know, my family. My son plays a little bit, you know, just it was sort of personal stuff. And I never really thought about it. So that kind of started me on this path of, okay, so I can play my material with other people because that's that, you know, that step. I don't know if you guys play, you know, but it's like, yeah. it's personal. It's also, hey, I want to be the, you know, the MC. I want to sing my, you know, my stuff. And that can be in jam sessions and such. And it's like, it's easier just to play stuff that everybody knows. Chuck Berry, let's just, you know, Bob Dylan, let's just do that. Um, so I ultimately, there was a, a, a guy who I'd worked with in publishing who was a bass player, retired. He was more precise about it in terms of he would chart my songs and he had a studio in the back of his house and we'd go over there uh, the three of us and, and, uh, you know, I could do, he didn't want to play covers. He just wanted to play. It was more interesting to him to do, you know, original material that, you know, hadn't been played before. So that ultimately formed the basis of the first album, Hold On Tight. And so, and Joel kind of hooked me up with Scott. I went over to meet Scott and I said, you know, my ambition at that point was to kind of just do something that would be more akin to a demo. You know, I want to get, put a bass, drum, you know, lead uh, instrument on it and just see what it sounds like, get my, you know, voice recorded by, um, see what it all is. And Scott was like, well, you know, I don't really do that. If we're going to do it, we're going to go for it. And uh, so that was an incredibly uh, sort of uh, revealing, cathartic, positive experience of understanding, uh, you know, as much as anything, what my voice was. I, I'd never really experienced singing in a studio environment where I could really hear myself, yeah. you know, working with somebody who was focused on my material and a professional, you know, you know, Scott's uh, background is, is uh, you know, significant. He's worked with many, many different artists over 40 years. And so, you know, uh, to have his focus on, on my songs, um, and, you know, it was, yeah, it was really like he was in terms of the singing, you know, basically the voice that I, it is, is my voice. I would usually get to at the end of the first verse, like I would drop into that a little bit of gravel and, and uh, he was like, just get there on the jump, you know, get there. And that was easy for me. I would just needed, you know, somebody to say, Hey, that's it. And that, that's the voice I believe, you know, that's, I, I that's the voice I believe. Yeah. The power um, of the producer. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of, in that session, the songs were, were really chosen, I'm getting back to like your question, as the songs that I was, was kind of workshopping, if you will, in these play groups. I had three different play groups, you know, you know with different musicians, um, pretty informal. Um, and, you know, the, uh, that, that's what they were. And they were, you know, I think that album holds up, um, you know, hearing my voice, you know, and, and, and dealing with all of that um, was interesting. Um, learning 
kind of the, the pattern and the rhythm of the studio and how we would work together, really set up Soul in the Shadow where the songs are more uh, cohesive thematically. Um, three of them were written during the pandemic, Pandemic Blues, obviously, or Pandemic Blue, uh, and uh, 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 Run Around and uh, Burning the Past were all written in 2020. Uh, most of the rest of them were written in the couple, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19. Um, and then I reached back for a couple, which was, you know, not by design, but as I, you know, there was one song on Hold On Tight from the 90s. And so that just working with Scott enabled me to, to think about all this music that I had never really, you know, uh, thought about in terms of a, a, the body of work, sort of your question. It's like, um, and, um, and some of the songs, you know, really uh, that I'd written er in earlier hadn't totally been finished, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, they were, they were finished enough for me to play in my living room, right. you know, two verses and a, and a chorus and not really thinking about song structure. And um, so maybe you should write a third verse, you know, this sounds pretty good. So, um, you know, and I've got a, a, so now, you know, it's interesting because I've got, uh, I definitely have, um, you know, certainly enough material for another album because I've, I've written a few songs in the last six months or so. Um, and then, you know, I haven't really gone into all the songs that um, I wrote sort of between, uh, you know, 2003, 2000. 10. So you got a back catalog, you got a little bit of- Yeah, yeah. in other words, I have, and, and I can frame them and, you know, you play around with stuff. I had this one song that, you know, I, I liked, but then I, I changed the key uh, about a month ago and it made it a little bit more of a rocker and, and, uh, and you know, I just like, it's like stuff like that, you know, where yeah. you, 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 once you have the self-confidence of, of, hey, this, this material is valid, and it's it's working, and uh, and you know Scott's arrangements are brilliant, and um, it's the, it's a real uh, positive situation. That's yeah. What. Did the, the the songs that you wrote in like '90s and '80s did they did they adapt with the time, or were you a, or did you kind of maintain the 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 same integrity of it? Yeah. Well, that I was I, I was doing a, a thing yesterday, and I was making this point. You know, really. I wrote a lot of songs, or not a lot, but you know, I have a, a, there's a tangible group of songs from the eighties up until the publishing business sort of exploded. And my, uh, my daughter who was second child was born. So when I go looking backwards, it's like, it's like, oh gee, look, there's about a, a, a 15 year gap from about 87 to 2002, where my original songwriting was about three or four songs. And then I sold PGW, which was the original publishing operation, still kept Avalon. We had a, you know, when, when, when we were at our most magnificent in, uh, say, at the end of around 2000, um, you know, PGW Avalon, which was a distribution publishing enterprise, you know, we had 500 employees. We had about six different offices all over North America, you know, Toronto, two offices in New York two in Northern California distribution center in Reno. So it was a, a significant business and super fun. You know, I, I had a conversation yesterday and, you know, it was a good, very good one. And it was kind of like, well, so was there any, you know, 
you know, did you always want to do music and you, you know, ended up in publishing and you had this big, not big, but, you know, some anxiety to really do music. Well, sure, but, but not really. Publishing, um, when it took off and it happened and it really, uh, uh, you know, we had our first really big breakthrough was um, 89, 50 Simple Things uh, to Save the Earth, which sold a couple million copies and really kind of amazing because we were always like you hear that those weird that weird company out in Berkeley you know what what do you do you work with independent presses and you're real super countercultural and then you you have good parties hmm. uh, that was you know we used to have this party at the convention with all it all comes down to right good parties it's all about well, as I always joke in the early days you know uh, we were having a party and a business broke out you know that's sort of the <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, you, you, you should treat your music like that too, right? Yeah. So then your question. So yeah, well, I mean, Wild in the Streets, always, you know, Wild in the Streets, that's a, that's a literal. Barbara and I were walking in, 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 uh, in, in you know, in, I think it was in 82, we were in Paris. And, you know, we come out of the metro and there's three young punks and basically their get off is, is snorting whiteout. You know, they're sitting there in the metro and that's, you know, down in the metro with a white out blues. What happened in the 80s? That's, what what, that's just on? what you do. That's <laughs> yeah, Paris exactly. 82. You're like, just, 82. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, man. I got a question for you, Charlie. Uh, you've obviously been around some music. You've played a lot of music. This is a two-part question. What's one of your favorite moments being an observer of music, either like a, a concert goer or you're in the studio when some jams are getting laid down? And then what's your favorite sort of musical memory? whether it's performing live or laying down a track. And you can roll that into one answer if you want, but you know, yeah, just yeah, of, yeah. a couple well, of moments in your, in your life that like you just look back on, you're like, man, that was, that was awesome. That was real. I've got a few, I'll, I'll give you a few of them. I'm not gonna cho choose one. Is that okay? I'll Perfect. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would <laughs> say- not white out, no white yeah, out. So, no, 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 <laughs> we, 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 we had the regular drugs. Um, you know, the, um, uh, you know, I would say, you know, we started going, I started going to the Fillmore West when I was 16 in 1969. And so, you know, mostly San Francisco people, but the first kind of mind blower concert that I remember, uh, the fall of 1970. So I would have been 17 years old. I saw Sly Stone oh, wow. at the Cross Theater in, in uh, Amphitheater at Stanford there. And it, it was, a you know, a rot, you know, basically sure. they knocked the fences down and it was a crazy wild wonderful like as as 17 year olds like this is a you know this is a party here and then the next spring um uh i caught uh my first grateful dead show at winterland and wow. uh that was uh an, an infamous concert for the dosing activity yeah um, oh it's 71 and, you were you were at winterland yeah so winterland 71 and that was a hell of a show again same yeah. thing you know motorcycles on the stage and you know uh, dancers that didn't have a lot of clothes on and you know it was, it was a, a party um, and then I, I saw the, the Stones there at Winterland as well which was a great 72 tour nice. um, and uh, so those three you know and a lot of hope that you know early 70s San Francisco I mean certainly late late 60s the, the music scene with Bill Graham and what the programming uh, uh, was fantastic yeah. Also, I went to the Last Waltz, which was a, oh, a, wow. a, a great, in, great at Madison Square Garden. 
No, at the Winterland. At Winterland, the, okay. The, the Scorsese movie and, and that was shot at uh, Winterland. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. well, and, and the the show was phenomenal, and what's in the movie is fantastic. But what was not in the movie was also amazing. But I mean, everyone anyway. in the world was there. Everyone who was important. Every musician. Do you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was weird. The dead weren't there, but anyway, that's you know. But but Dylan and and uh, and George Dylan, Harrison could have been there yeah. too. But anyway, you know, Mitch, Joni Mitchell and Van Morrison was as it comes through in the movie was 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 actually the kind of the in his little purple jumpsuit there. Fan the man. Um, so, um, yeah. So in terms of in the studio, you know, I couldn't really signal out one thing. I just think probably, you know, working with Scott and probably on the first album, you know, something like uh, 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 Hold On Tight or End of the Line was one where um, that was the newest song that I had. And, um, you know, that sort of closes the first album and that, that he just, you know, the tom-toms and the kind of the, uh, the feel, the vibe of the song was just pr pretty simple. Um, and, but that whole experience the first time around where, you know, when I, the way we record or, you know, recorded and this then became our pattern on the second album. So I go in uh, first day and just start playing the tunes in structure. So I know in my head, you know, where, where the verses, sure. you know, choruses, instrumental verse, you know, general length of the song. And I try to, uh, and I did play the whole song through, um, and, uh, and did that, uh, you know, and then, double some of them depending on what the nature of the song is and and in one on, on that album i did one triple um and then drop a, a dummy vocal on that where basically then scott can um you know more specifically uh see the pattern of the song yeah. and and in terms of answering your question um there's i'll give you two two little things um the the first day, um, you know, and we're all getting to know each other. And I'm, you know, to, to, to say that I wasn't slightly nervous would be, you know, wrong because, you know, it's like, okay, first time you got, are you gonna fuck up? You know, what, what are you gonna do here? Um, and the third song we were recording was Hold On Tight. And, um, you know, uh, basically I was at the end and I'm doing the, you know, you're trying to play and you're, you're doing the words in your head you know, obviously can't sing because I'm just, I'm just mic'd. I had a, a mic on my guitar. And uh, right at the very end of the song, I have a, a, a drum in my ear, computer drum in my ear, a rhythm drum, uh, or I prefer to drum rather than a click. Um, and it, the, the, the drum drops out. Hmm. Um, and so the, I kept playing. Um, and then about 25, 30 seconds later, the computer flashes back on and I was in per perfect time. Oh, wow. So, and then I finished That's out the good. song and that, that Scott and Tom, the engineer, at the end of the day, they exploded. <laughs> they got, Fucking A, you know, you, you know, most people would have stopped. You kept going and you were on rhythm, you know, perfect. Um, end of the second Star. week, end of the second week, that first uh, record, coming home with just me singing the dummy tracks with a bass and a drum, you know, sort of my original 
notion of the demo that we would be doing, that was pretty, uh, I was like, okay, this is gonna be really cool. You know, this, once we start dropping, uh, you know, leads, instruments, the, the color, all the little fills, this, this is gonna be happening beyond what my uh, original hope and expectation was. That sounds pretty rad. And I saw you, uh, you, you did the last uh, recording at uh, Mill Valley at T was it Tiki Town Studios? Yes, yes, exactly. That seems like a like a great place to feel. You know, I, I went up to the Muir Woods and all that, and walking around for a little bit. Just seems like I mean, I know that's not next door, obviously, but like, just seems like a cool place to get the vibe of like music, right? Just to be like, oh yeah. It's, I mean, if you're gonna lay down an album, it seems like that's like a really cool area to do it in. Yeah, no, it, it's it's. Uh, the great challenge was getting there in the morning. Uh, on the second session, we Charlie encouraged a slightly later start, but yes, it's super nice uh, setting and a whole bunch of uh, Scott uh, has uh, uh, got just all kinds of stuff there to to uh, in terms of instruments and um, uh, it's a, just a very cool uh, vibe. And then there's a little back patio and. Uh, I think Van Morrison's recorded. I mean, a bunch of people have recorded there and, and uh, it's a, um, a wonderful place. Yeah. That and and right. we, you know, the second session was uh, album uh, was super efficient. We, we basically, that's, that album was recorded in 14 days. Wow. So, um, you know, really cohesive, creative, not, um, you know, we, you know, you know, having done it once before, we kind of knew how to how to how to build it out and to keep it, um, you know, moving along, but super fun. Th th a lot of stories. It definitely <laughs> has like a, a nice raw sound to it. Like it doesn't. It's it's not overproduced. You know, it's not. It doesn't feel like you know. It's like everything is a click track. It's perfectly. It feels like raw in in the best sense that I, I'm trying to get across. You know what I mean? It's like it feels like you're in the room rather than like a, a slick LA type of album, you know? Right, right, exactly. Well, and I, I mean, I appreciate that. That's, that's, and, and that's what we were shooting for and, and really to sound like a band, you yeah. know, that was the, that, that, um, you know, basically it's just me playing the, the rhythm guitar to, to structure it. And then Scott's everything else. So he's the band and uh, uh, it makes it really, um, efficient and and you you know basically and not a lot of person you know everybody's just kind of on the same page and then tom on the new album tom's uh is brilliant as well the engineer tom lukens um he played the uh the violin um uh tracks on on pandemic blue um uh, but again you have the combination between so i would kind of you know say okay here's here's what i think you know the, the musical references for this song. Here's what I'm saying. So kind of what we're shooting for tonally, but then Scott would would run with that. And so, um, you know, like Pandemic Blue, I was kind of like, this is, uh, uh, I, I, you know, an inter for me, this is kind of a little bit of a different chord pattern. And I kind of hear uh, sort of a raga thing and that led to the, you know, the sitar, but then it was just, uh, Scott's idea to do the violins and the violins are actually uh, forward and backwards kind of kind of there's a Beatles-esque thing there where yeah you know a little psychedelic thing yeah call back to the 60s <laughs> yeah 
I think uh, Joel might have said his. This is going back to that question about that concert at Winterland. Joel might have said he was at that concert as well. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Because he, we, I think we asked him a similar question. He was like, "That was an experience." He yeah. Was like that was. <laughs> so that's yeah. amazing. He so. he's uh, Joel has uh, uh, well he's got an immense uh, uh, musical. Uh, sort of knowledge encyclopedic really and uh, and then he's had as as the journalist for the chronicle and being in san francisco from whatever 30 odd years uh all of these different uh stories and interactions with uh, you know just various people so he had a you know he had a, i was at a, uh, an event with him and i can't i think it's like who are the, the three best people you smoked a joint with and it was it was willie nelson jerry garcia and I guess Bob Marley, I think maybe. I mean, you can't get yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's pretty uh, top tier. <laughs> yeah. top tier. I would ask the same of you, Charlie. Would, 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 you have a, would you have a great answer for that? Well, probably the, the most fun book that I worked on for sure uh, was with Bobby Keys. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have a good, you know, that it was so, totally a random project late in my career, you know, 2011. And, you know, uh, I was having a sort of a social meeting with somebody uh, from out of town, a, a drop by. And at the end of the meeting, he was going, you know, I have my kids are in a, you know, play group or something with this guy and he's writing this book with Bobby Keys. Do you know who that is? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I know Bobby Keys. And, you know, and, and he was like, well, would you talk to him if, if he got it together? And I said, for sure. You know, so about... Uh, Six months passed. I didn't really give it any thought because that sort of thing happens. You know, my, my aunt's writing a book, which you, you know, whatever. And uh, um, so I get the call. Um, we go, uh, you know, have the first chit chat and, you know, it's cool. And I'm, you know, like, okay, this is going to be great. And uh, so I fly down to LA uh, and we got we to gotta work the title because uh, that's he wanted to call it sideman and I was like not, that's not going to be a happening um, and <laughs> it's not going to uh, work yeah you got to get something a little bit I had I had some Probably stones <laughs> I had some stones thing that he was like no we can't get two two stones here my hope you know we got to got to and so we go I I check into the hotel on sunset and Bobby's there and he he'd been out there doing some stuff for a day or two and uh, I like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, roll one up and go over and meet him. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I just have to, I just got to go. Yeah, I have to go over there, roll one yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he's Bobby Keys. And yeah. I, you know, you, you, if you've read the, and he, well, he, he's legendary. And if you've read Life, Keith Richards' book, you know that uh, they're, they're that, that would be a tame evening. Um, so uh, we do that. Bond, he was like, wow, you're, you've got long hair. You're, I thought you were going to have, you know, he was like, okay, you're, you're a different cat than I thought you were going to be. And I was like, Bobby, you don't, you don't know we're, 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 we're matched here. So we're out on the sidewalk about to roll to the restaurant and I'm going, okay, I got it. The title, we, you know, once we get the title, then we can be, we're, we're rolling here, but that's going to be a stickler. And, and so he turns to me and he says, Charlie, you know, every night's a Saturday night, every day's a Sunday. I said, Bobby, 
we just we just solved our problem. That's the, the you know, so it's it, the title of his book was Every Night's a Saturday Night. That's now, the, the punchline is that so I'm watching this movie, the movie of Mad Dogs and Englishmen, uh, you know, so mm -hmm. 40 years prior or more. And uh, uh, so at the opening of the movie, there's Bobby Keys and Joe Cocker and Bobby is giving a personal demonstration on how to drink a lot of tequila. And he turns to the camera and he says, well, you know, every night's a Saturday night, every day's a Sunday. So, you know, that was sort of his line for about 40 years. And uh, <laughs> he used anyway. it, he used it to the full extent and then put it yeah. in the title of his book. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was fun because then we sort of got in on the, uh, you know, great little path with the stones and That's such awesome. with Bobby had to ride along a little bit. I've told the, the story on the show before, but a little side note, I'm a, uh, uh, indirectly uh, mentioned in the first paragraph of um, of uh, Keith Richards' book, indirectly. Oh. <laughs> indirectly. But uh, when I was, I used to work at Fox. This was when a while ago, and I was I was approached to be uh, the lead guitarist for the Mike Huckabee uh, band for his show, <laughs> and I was like, I can't say no to that obviously. And, you know, he was uh, the opposite end of political spectrum that I could ever be, you know, but right, right, I was like, right. I'll do it. Yeah, sure. So the first thing he comes in and he starts talking about how he pardoned Keith Richards. It's his claim to fame. He pardoned <laughs> Keith Richards. And then the first, and then we ended up playing uh, a Stone song. I can't remember right off the, um, I can't remember which song we played, but we played a Stone, Stone song on the show. And uh, in his first paragraph of his book, he talks about how Keith Rich or um, Mike Huckabee pardoned him and how much of an idiot he was because he had so much drugs on him. And right. like, you know, and uh, he's like, oh, and I think uh, his band played played one of our songs. So there's my indirect claim. To fame <laughs> yeah, exactly. So about the 190th time Keith got off, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, in the book, he talks about how he was flushing all the drugs down the toilet because they let him use the bathroom after they arrested him. I mean... Oh yeah, Bobby had the 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 stories that didn't make the book were uh, there was a, a number of robust ones, but he 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 was a beautiful man and and uh, you know he from Buddy Holly to King Curtis to John Lennon to you know living with uh, Friar Park during the All Things Must Pass and uh, Delaney and Bonnie and amazing sort of a Zelig type Harry Nielsen yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the list goes on. The list goes yeah. on. Anyway. Just to name drop a few. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's like, yeah, exactly. That's what I, at dinner, I was like, God, I always, I always thought I had good stories, but shit, I'm sitting here with Bobby Keys. I got no stories. Yeah. You just, that's when you, you know when you're in the, in the presence of someone like that to let yeah. them lead the, lead the whole thing. As he would always say, tales of daring do. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, Charlie Winton, we, uh, uh, your album comes out April eighth. The the soul in the shadow, which is your second album. Do we Correct. have plans for a third album? When when is that going to happen? Well, you know, I, I I I you know I as I've been you know we we it's interesting because we did this you know on some level this album we we recorded in June and July of last year and then I kind of um, it was originally our first play is always Joel because he's you know uh, uh, obviously super knowledgeable and and uh, 
and but also he's you know he's he's being is a critic as it were or you know somebody who will tell you what he really thinks so he was ex really uh extremely positive about it um in a way that was you know more significant than the first album the first album uh, you know, he was like, wow, this is fantastic. But, but this, you know, said, this is, you know, and he called Scott and I the next day and was kind of like, you know, this is, this has got some, some meat on it here. And, uh, he's a critic, but he's also yeah. your friend. So do you, right, exactly. do you trust him? Do you, do yeah, you no, him? exactly. Well, no, he is. I, I've been around him enough. It's, I, you know, as, as, having edited two books with Joel, he's very, uh, you know, um, you know, he, He's very direct in what he believes in a good way. And working with him as a writer, I exactly I know that, you know, if I have a different if we, you know, we can have a difference of opinion and then you have to kind of, you know, work it out or or, you know, dialogue and you know, work and sometimes, you know, it's like fine, it's your your book, you 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 do it your way, you want to do it. This is my opinion. Yeah. Um so yeah, and then he kind of put me on a path. I I I he he hooked me up with a entertainment lawyer who was in, in the city who gave me some kind of framework. The big thing, we tried to get a little bit of a uh, couple things going with a, uh, uh, about three different, you know, record people, but uh, <clears throat> uh, the, the lawyer was like, you really don't, you know, and I, the first time I didn't, you really don't need that. You need, you know, you need to have this, that, and the other thing, an Elliot. And um, so, a Dave and a Giggles. And a Dave and a Giggles. And a Dave and a Giggles. Exactly. Yeah. You got to have all, <laughs> all three of those things. Exactly. So, so we kind of just, you know, I, one I being kinda, more important than the other, but we'll we'll let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we kind of uh, are kind of, you know, taken my time and tried to actually have a, 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 a somewhat of an orchestrated effort here to to get the music heard, and that's my my lucky opportunity is to be uh, on your guys' show to 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 further that yeah. endeavor um but third album so yeah as i've been waiting I've, i have been writing more stuff and i've got a, 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 a as we've discussed a, a back catalog so I, I i've got like uh at least uh you know i've got a, a dozen songs that i would take you know to th think about now and and reduce down probably to you know 10 or 9 i like the the the, the pattern of this current album i like a lot it's kind of it's it's in sort of triplets uh, there's there's two up tempos, a sl you know slower one, and then I repeat that cycle, and they're they kind of th thematically cohesive. Um, so anyway, I, I, I really enjoy working uh, uh, in the uh, the studio, and uh, it's you know we have creative control, and it's a great you know it's it's from a Arti you know, it's fulfilling, artistic, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's creatively fulfilling and it's fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, I- Are we, uh, uh, we going to see any uh, tour at any point? <laughs> well, I'd have to have a band. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I was asked that- Yeah, I was asked that yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, basically how I practice is I play the, uh, or, you know, play when I'm doing it. Um, unless I'm writing a specific song and then that's sort of like getting an infection where, where you have like a, this thing that you have to reconcile in terms of getting it shaped and creating some lyrics and then, then you sort of become obsessed with one one thing. But generally, um, in the way I, I do it is I kind of play a set 
um, and um, and you know the, the singing is what is uh, uh, if you, you you obviously play the sing the singing is uh, the intense part. In other words, to bring it on every song, um, it, as opposed to just sitting around noodling on the guitar, which you can do. You can watch a you know a, a baseball game and play the guitar and yeah, you have the off and yeah. fiddle around and have fun, but. Um, yeah, I'd be into it. I love playing live. Um, I, you know, my approach was, okay, so based on who I am and what, where I am in my life, let's just, let's first, uh, if there's any possibility here, create, a, you know, sort of a tangible uh, body of work that somebody could understand. As a musician, I could play you the two albums. You go, okay, so here's, here's what could be played. And then here's a whole bunch of things that you know, uh, uh, haven't been recorded, but might be might interesting. Be and then here's a, you know, here's a two dozen or I, you know, I, there's about, I don't know how many, you know, sort of cover things I could do. Yeah, of course. I like to see Dave as a producer because he's like, your, your, your second album, it hasn't been released yet. It's releasing in a couple of weeks and he's always, he's ready to be like, all right, where's the third? Where's the third? What's going on? Let's where's go. the third? We have, he released the second one. Where's the third? Well, he could, or, or a manager. That, that's a kind of a manager question. That okay, is, yeah. so what's, <laughs> right. what's happening next? Right, the manager, the, the, the tone deaf manager who's like, sure, yeah, yeah, you did that one already. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we do have an open invitation to any guests that's been on our show. Uh, Dave and I are both in the video business. We, you know, we do a lot of video stuff. Uh, right. I'm in Colorado. He's in New York, obviously. If you're ever out in Denver or New York, give us a shout. We'd love to take you out for a beer or coffee or something like that. And the other idea is we've always been trying to do this. If you ever want a music video, we'd love to do one. So we'll, we'll go out. We'll hang out in the woods. We'll shoot some stuff. You know, we'll, maybe we'll get like a, an idea first before we just go out in the woods. Maybe. You know? Maybe. But, <laughs> You never know. I, I, that would be kind of interesting, and for sure, the hangout. Um, I mean, I, I, I uh, normally I don't. I, occasionally, I, I roll through Denver, but I will. I will bear that in mind. New York. I used we ha we had an office. I had an office in New York for about. Oh, excuse me. Uh, um, well, probably about twenty five years. Mm -hmm. So I used to spend about, uh, you know, not consecutively, but. I do about four week long trips into New York every year, um, which were was super fun and yeah. fantastic. Love the city and uh, let us um, know. We are we are open to hey, yeah. hang and make your That's, music video. It'll be a lot of yeah. Fun. Hang first. You can hang say first. no, but hang first, and then if you like, ideas. Guess, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, Charlie, jam going. really great. Um, Charlie Winton, charliewintonmusic.com is the uh, site. And then you yeah, that's, that'll get you to where you can let all the streaming, uh, the, the CDs, which are mostly, uh, you know, promotional tools at this point in the world's musical yeah. distribution business. But the, all the streaming starts next uh, week from uh, tomorrow. Yep. April 8th. Uh, you could go there. You'll be able to stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon Music, all the good stuff. Uh, Charlie, it was it was a real yeah. pleasure. Uh, I think we'll go out with um, Pandemic Blue. How do you feel about that? That sounds great, yeah. and I really appreciate that you guys didn't uh, didn't ask me to solve the Kennedy assassination here. We're, that's you. next show. That's next, next time you show. come on. We're going to talk about that. And I also I wanted to get into next time we'll talk about it. Uh, Rick Steves. I, I was a big yeah. fan of his. I saw. Yeah, Rick is Rick is great. He's yeah. he's he's a treasure. 
Yeah, he is a treasure. He and inspired me when I was like 19 and 20 to go traveling and yeah, do like Europe by myself for a little bit. Just the fact that you could do it, you know, you yeah. could. Yeah, yeah, no, he and and his his uh, you know, it, it he's it, uh, we always used to say he's like a stealth culturalist where he he makes he opens up all of this kind of cultural approach without making it seem like a you know a heavy-handed you know like the blue guide like okay i've got to intellectualize up here um and uh, yeah yeah just his enthusiasm for you know meeting people from different countries and what what a what a great great message his whole i always put him in the same kind of boat as like the the tour guide uh like bob ross type the the you know like that kind of like you you just feel like you know that guy and like right. he's he's telling you what you need to know and you're like yeah i'll believe that i'll believe that he's yeah. Yeah. yeah and if you're talking to rick and he's like man i'm kind of bored i would love to do a podcast with a couple of cool dudes you gotta be like hey i know just the two guys no i i, I i'm you know i'm not uh, his but his publisher uh, uh bill newland i i you know haven't you know the last two years have been obviously weird for everybody yeah, of in course. terms of you know losing track of people and stuff like that just it's just been so we're open to open to talk to yeah yeah so i I will uh i will uh, pass that along yeah and uh you guys wasn't too direct that was uh... (laughs) and uh thanks for uh yeah charlie thank you very much thanks for spending some time here here. yeah yeah this was fun this was fun we'll get you on next time we'll see you uh we'll we'll grab a beer yeah awesome okay be well you guys take care man thank you Shop. Sure.